This video has been brought to you by Squarespace, the best service for website building, online commerce, marketing, and analytics. Out of all the sites to see in an American city, one of the most common, yet least thought of, has to be the street signage. Which is a shame, especially when considering the vital role they play in American cities. And the signs of Chicago are of particularly worthy note. While today they are standardized with white text on a green background, they were once different. In fact, there are people alive who would probably still associate Chicago with its trademark yellow and black signage. And I'm curious to find out if any of those signs still remain untouched. So join me as we journey through Chicago history to discover the final forgotten yellow road signs. I'm your host, Ryan Sokash, and you're watching It's History. Despite what a frequent sight they are today, street signs were not always a guarantee in the world's cities. For example, Chicago did not have any system in place to mark streets for identification until the turn of the 20th century. By then, Chicago had been rapidly growing into one of the United States' most popular cities for many years. As more people moved into the city, these newcomers began calling for an actual way to distinguish streets. However, at the time, the powers that were simply had more pressing matters. Among them were the transportation and water quality, which we have already discussed previously on its history. With these other matters taking precedent, the call for the street markers mainly fell upon deaf ears. The people of Chicago would not simply stand idly by and wait to have their issue addressed. As a result, citizens began to look at these issues more closely, to see what was already in practice and how it could be improved. And as it turned out, Chicago was not alone. Actually, let's have a look at how cities and cultures marked out their pathways throughout history, just as the people of Chicago, no doubt, did at this time. As many things in our society do, the origin of street signs dates back to the ancient Romans. Well, actually, road signs go back even further to ancient Greece and the stone pilings they used to mark intersections. But Rome was among the first places to bring these markers into an urban setting. By the medieval period, multi-directional signs at intersections began appearing, telling travelers arriving at a crossroad where their destination was. But the street signs as we know it today would not come about until the late 1800s, along with the invention of the bicycle. You see, around the 1870s and 1880s, newly formed bicycle clubs petitioned for the creation of cast iron street signs to mark out directions distance, and locations. It was also around this time that the temporary hazard markings began appearing as another request by these clubs. With the creation of the automobile, there was an increased demand for road signage, especially as it became more widely available. Without street signs, a driver could easily get lost. Or worse, they could be severely injured by a hazard they had no way of detecting. And so as it did in the ancient ages, Italy was the first to create a complex system of road signs for direction and hazard indications in 1895. As the turn of the century came and went, more countries followed in Italy's footsteps, and by 1909, nine European countries had fully standardized street signs. However, when one thinks of the automobile capital of the world, especially in the 1900s, 
it's probably not Europe that comes to mind. At this time, Americans' roads were generally very rural, and there was not much of a demand for signage anywhere outside of the urban areas. Any road maintenance was done by private clubs, as the federal government generally had other interests. And while outsourcing the work is an efficient way of handling the issues on paper, it wasn't that simple in practice. These clubs rarely ever communicated with one another, leading to uniformity being an impossibility. Not to mention that these clubs often had the promotion of their image as a priority equal to or greater than the spread of information. However, the United States could manage for a time. Chicago had their own system in place as well. Locations like neighborhoods and certain streets of importance to the city were marked out at corners by clubs looking to make navigation easier. But the reality was that most of the city was generally unmarked, causing many people to become hopelessly lost. This status quo would generally remain in place. Despite the desire of the people of Chicago, the United States continued onward with their subpar signage as a standard. That is, until industrial might thoroughly broke the status quo of America in the significant period of development known as the Roaring Twenties. As the 1920s arrived, the automobile became an ever more present sight on American streets. With the increasing motorization of American travel, the state governments had no other option but to step in and standardize their street markings. Report after report came in across the country analyzing potential improvements to the road systems, culminating in the publishing of the manual and specifications for the manufacture, display, and erection of U.S. standard road markers and signs in 1927. This document served as a guideline for the standardization of road signs in the United States, finally signaling the start of improvement. Around this time, black text on white backgrounds or white text on brown signs became apparent around Chicago. Located primarily within the flourishing loop, these signs served the city well, even though there just weren't all that many of them. Regardless, they served their purpose and made navigation of the Windy City much more straightforward. And I'll explain how in a moment, but first, a word from our sponsor. These days, social media services have taken over curating how we show the things we create, and how we perceive the knowledge we consume. I strongly feel that web pages are still a far more natural environment for media, which is why I'm thrilled to present you with Squarespace, a service I have been personally using for many years. So please allow me to share with you all the things I love about this platform. First off are the blogging tools, which are fantastic and support a configurable share button, letting your visitors share content around the web. For me, Squarespace blogging tools have basically replaced Instagram, as their easy-to-use features allow me to share my experience in a more noble, gallery-like environment. I also gain powerful insights into who's visiting my site, as well as how they're interacting with our in-depth website analytic tools, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, audience geography, 
and more. I'm also considering using the Squarespace members area for our History Council group as this service connects the audience with a gated members-only content area where creators can manage members, send email communications, and leverage audience insights all on one easy-to-use platform. So head over to squarespace.com for your free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash itshistory to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And now, back to finding Chicago's lost yellow street signs. As the stock market crash of 1929 and the following Great Depression brought these reforms to a screeching halt, most improvements stopped altogether. It would be another six years before Chicago and the nation as a whole would see any more progress. In 1935, President Franklin D. Roosevelt oversaw the founding of the Works Progress Administration as part of the Second New Deal. With the WPA in place, FDR finally answered the call of the people of Chicago and approved a grant towards the application of street signs in the Windy City. These signs were black text on a yellow background, which is quite a significant departure from the street signs we think of today in the United States. 64,000 of these signs were brought into the city and propped up on every corner to clearly mark every street. With these improvements, navigation finally became feasible. Unfortunately, these unique street signs were not to last, as the fires of the battles raged across the Pacific and the nation suffered a day that will forever live in infamy, the United States found itself in the largest war in the history of mankind. To fulfill the needs of the arsenal of democracy, scrap metal drives began opening across America, specifically in urban centers. These drives were a very popular way for the people of the nation to contribute to the war effort, as spare metal was relatively easy to come by. These common metals could just as easily facilitate the construction of a gun, ship, airplanes, and other means of prosecuting the Great Crusade that was the Second World War. And among the metals in the highest demand were steel and aluminum, and both were common material used in street signs. So surprisingly, as quickly as they entered service, most of Chicago's yellow and black signs found themselves in these metal drives, now transformed into arms for the troops to avenge Pearl Harbor. When the war came to a close, Chicago once again needed street signs. However, this time around, the government was more than willing to supply them, as the post-war economy was very dynamic. Now, the problem was finding a new style. Many of these designs came into question, from the pre-war yellow and black signs to the white text on green background signs that are more familiar across America's East Coast. Ultimately, the city decided to continue with the yellow and black markers, but with a porcelain coating to better defend against weather. Starting in 1950, installation of these signs began, starting from the city limits and proceeding inward towards the loop. Rather than strapping these signs to poles, which rusted and broke much faster, the city fixed the new signs with bolts, making them much more secure. Finally, after 50 years, the people of Chicago had their street signs. However, present-day Chicago does not have these yellow and black signs. One may ask, and very reasonably, 
what happened to them? Well, in 1975, to standardize with the rest of the nation, the Chicago Department of Transportation moved to replace the yellow and black signs with white text on green backgrounds. The replacement process was slow, as thousands of signs needed installations on the corners of every one of Chicago's streets, which is vast. However, the Department of Transportation noticed that the yellow and black signs had become quite popular among the people of Chicago. As a result, they proposed a deal to the everyday person of Chicago that if you would like to, you can purchase one of the yellow and black signs. People from across the city flocked to be a part of this deal, with some people buying many signs at once for a collection. The proceeds of these sales went right back into transportation, making it a win-win for the people and the Department of Transportation. And for that reason, to this day, you can still see yellow and black road markers hanging in homes and businesses across Chicago. Some people crowning their collection with the sign of the street they grew up on. Fast forward to 2009 and another problem appeared. The crucial weakness of these new signs were that they were all in uppercase letters, which is more challenging to read. So the Federal Highway Administration ordered that all cities adopt signage with upper and lowercase letters for easy reading. This resulted in the final switching of Chicago signs and leaving us with what we have today. So with the tens of thousands of signs placed across the city, you might find yourself wondering if every single yellow sign was removed. Well, it just so happens that the author of ForgottenChicago.com happened upon the same question back in 2008. And according to his article, after carefully combing through basically every street in the city, both major and on the outskirts, he only happened upon a few final yellow road signs on Kildare Avenue and 127th Street, both of which, as according to Google Earth, have since disappeared. But I can't accept that. So if you're from Chicago, share this video with every other person you know in Chicago and ask them if they have recently seen any forgotten yellow road signs that perhaps the city has forgotten to take down. And if they do, email me a photo of it right away so we can do a follow-up video. Perhaps I will even fly to Chicago to see that sign with my own eyes. So stay tuned to this story by subscribing, check out our Chicago History playlist, and ring the bell. This is Ryan Sokash signing off.